You're listening to the Sewing and Grown podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. Hey, hey, hey! We're not it, fat. Albert. I was going to say it's fat. Albert. Oh, we're we're trying not to be fat. We're trying to be muscular and lean. That's the goal. <laughs> but we're back, and I just want to talk about another little health tip that I learned <laughs> yesterday in the office. Because I was priding myself on this. Let me share what I was priding myself on. I was priding myself on the fact that when I grab an apple, I eat the whole thing. The core as well? The core. Even the, the stem. stem. Oh it all gosh. goes down. You're an animal. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to discuss. You know who else does that? Who? Pigs. Thanks a lot. You're not a pig. You though. calling me an oink oinker? <laughs> no. I'm calling you a savage in a good so way. So I was having a conversation with our pastor, Shane, beloved pastor, Shane. <clears throat> And I'm eating my apple, and I'm at the core, and I'm just <laughs> stemming all. He's like, whoa, 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 you eat that? You eat that with the seeds? I'm like, yeah, I eat the whole thing. I'm fine. And he said, my wife said there's poisonous stuff in there. And I said, okay, like, quotation marks, poisonous stuff? He's like, yeah, seeds, man. Like, my wife won't even let me slice part of the seed and even get it near. Like, it's poisonous. Really? So I was like, well, shock. So I go upstairs, and I see your mother. Pastor uh -huh. Sean. And I go, hey, do you know about like seeds being poisonous? She's like, yeah, our dog Libby, your beloved, God rest <laughs> your dog's soul, Libby, would go for the cores. And every time she ate a core, she, she would get like sick. get sick, like really yeah. sick. So she looked it up. She said, yeah, it's poisonous. So I uh, told my wife and I've been having some problems in the bathroom. Not, don't want to be too honest here, all? but just, that's point. all I want to say. Sometimes I'm like, whoa, didn't expect that. <laughs> I think it could be connected to the fact that I'm eating so many apple seeds. So I looked up, what's really going on when you eat apple seeds? Is it poisonous? <laughs> I did the Google search and the Google search revealed that actually the seeds release something that releases cyanide <laughs> into your body. I've heard of that. Cyanide's a big deal, yeah. folks. So maybe if you're looking at what's causing some health issues, could be that you're eating a whole cyanide. apple. <laughs> it could be cyanide. Could in be your, cyanide, cyanide in its, in in its, its raw system. form or in seed form in an apple. You don't so, know. Wow, that was a revelation for me today. Stay away from the cyanide. <laughs> Uh, probably no one listening to this podcast is crazy like me and is taking down a whole <laughs> apple. I'm just like, hey, if I can eat the whole thing, it doesn't taste that bad. It didn't really taste that bad to me. A little bitter, but you eat it with the remnant around the core. It's not bad in the really? stem. I don't really have a problem with. Man, I heard that there is more nutrition in the apple skin than in, in the actual apple. But I, I heard that when I was young, and I really highly doubt that. Well, can I throw Pastor it. Shane under the bus a little bit? Sure. He eats He's fish skin, man. Wow. He was eating trout skin. I you know, my, my uncle skin. will will smoke the salmon, but he'll take the, the skin off of it, dehydrate it, and crumple it up and then sprinkle it over the top of sushi. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's gourmet. like eating something raw and then taking the skin off it and sprinkling it on it while that's, exactly that's what you're savage doing. too. Yeah. All right. Moving on. I thought that was what funny. I wanted about? to share that. Uh, was that funny, man? I thought that uh, was funny. Yeah, it was Something about cyanide. Meat and cyanide <laughs> is funny. But today I want to talk about another maintenance topic. You know, we built this podcast around the fact uh -huh. that it was going to be lessons we've learned from maintenance. And we're in the middle of getting tan and mowing here at NCC. You are. I am. I'm, I've been actually complimented. I know I've gotten to a good tan position when somebody looks at you and goes, man, you've been out in the sun. Like, yes, it's I not have. not because you're looking like a lobster. but it's... No, Well, I do. But no, you, whenever I get you got to a, a lobster, nice golden brown. I say maybe if you are of more of a pale 
pink skin tone you say these things, you say, got to burn to tan, which is not true, yeah. but it's always a good uh, excuse. You look like you've been Last using the no Maui, excuses. babe. I know you have. Oh, man. We used to slather on the Maui, babe, which helps you tan. But Yeah. It's got like coffee grounds and it. it's from Hawaii. Yeah. It smells good. Anyways. But anyways, we've been mowing <laughs> a lot and God's been speaking to me while we're mowing because again, grass is a representation of people. Now, don't devalue. I'm not devaluing anyone when I say that. What I'm saying is God will talk to you through the things that you work in and around. Maybe you're an accountant. Yeah. Maybe he'll talk to you through money, uh, uh, credits and debits. Yeah. Maybe you work at loss. a, uh, we said at Bucky's. We're going back to Bucky's. Maybe you're working at Bucky's, arguably the best convenience store in the whole country. I've never been there, I've but somebody been. who just went there brought me back was called Beaver Nuggets. My wife brought me back They're beaver so good. nuggets when we were dating. So good. She's like, hey, let me, let me give you some. And I'm like, beaver nuts? She's like, no, they're not beaver nuts. Don't call them beaver nuts. But they are beaver nuggets. Yeah. And I was like, wow, these are good. <laughs> was <laughs> it the Schultz? Good. Yeah, the Schultz. I thought it'd be the Schultz. You got to count on a Texan. Come Bring on. you back some beaver nuggets. Hey, man. Man, I am off topic. I, mean, I, keep, I keep bringing you off but topic too. But it's fun. Too. So I'm working with grass. And one of the things that I know I need to grow in personally, God starts talking with me about, it's correction, folks. Oof, I'm not very good with being corrected. And I don't always know if I'm very good at giving correction either, because that's a devil-edged sword. Uh, giving correction and receiving correction. And we're, we're told about that in Hebrews, that... Those that God loves, he, he corrects. corrects. So if you're not getting corrected, we know God loves everyone. <laughs> so what's up with that? Sometimes I get a little scared because I'm like, have I been corrected? Can I be real on this podcast right now, Pastor yes. Jonathan? I'm like, have I been corrected? Am I, am I turning adult here? Does God not love me anymore? What's going on? We know God loves yeah. everyone. But I heard this quote, and I think it's applicable to what I'm experiencing sometimes when we're not hearing correction from God. Right. Uh, and it's from Voltaire, which I don't know. Oh, Voltaire, Voltaire is not a good man to Not be a quoting. good man. But listen to this quote, because I think uh, this one's applicable. If God has made us in his image, we have returned him the favor. Meaning that God made us in our, uh -huh. our image. Now we're making God Oof. in our image. And I think sometimes we change who God is because we can't receive correction very well. So we start to form an idol that we can power wow. and we can bear. I, I had to agree with what Voltaire said there. I know. I'm not condoning. F fun fact about Voltaire. Not fun. But he, he predicted that the Bible and Christianity would be completely extinct within 100 years after his death. That was completely it was wrong. was completely wrong. But I think there's some validity and truth in that statement. Again, Brian Tracy, we don't know yeah. if he's a believer. We know he's a Canadian. Eh? <laughs> but uh, Voltaire, we also know that he didn't live a very godly lifestyle, but many of us return the favor mm -hmm. to God. He made us in our in his image, and we make God in our image, Ouch. which we don't want to do. So I started thinking about correction. And uh, the first thing I'm going to talk about correction, and again, today, I'm going to speak more on how to provide correction, not necessarily receiving correction. But what I noticed with grass... Uh, we just hit a really hot month. June got really hot really quick. Yep. Uh, it was kind of cool. And I'm like, this is nice. And we actually had some rain in May. And then, bam, June, hot. Mm -hmm. Thing I noticed about grass is the taller you leave grass, the less water it needs. So you want to provide less water to grass. Maybe you're on a water shortage. Don't cut it so short. So mm. when providing correction, think of like cutting grass as you correcting the grass. <laughs> hey. I don't like the way you're growing. Well, I, I think that I could be it. a connection. Can you yes. can you connect that? Hopefully, listeners, if you don't mow the lawn, you're a stay-at-home wife and the husband prides himself on the lawn. I pray to God that you get something from this podcast. 
But when we correct people, sometimes we like the best lawns are really short grass that's really green. I'm going to just say that if it's that's the way it looks the best, but you need more water if you're going to do that. So a lot of times we like to like tow a tight line on our teams with our kids, those that are closest to us. We want it tight, high and tight. We want it crisp. But with that, we know that we have to provide more encouragement. I'm going to connect water to encouragement. If you're going to correct a lot, I think you got to compliment a lot. You got to provide a lot of encouragement. Mm-hmm. And the way I connect water with encouragement is, is that a word in season is like a cool glass of water. Mm-hmm. That's in the book of Proverbs. So if you're going to let things go a little more, maybe you can get away with not encouraging very much. But if you're going to have something that's corrected really crisp, really to a T, and you want ongoing success in those relationships, encouragement's got to be a part of that process. Mm. So it was your original statement, though, like sometimes the the really shortcut isn't necessarily the most beneficial, like a really... Well, I think definitely on the hottest months, where it's June, July, yeah. August, uh, it's better to let your grass grow a little longer. Well, uh, yeah, but I was thinking, I'm, I mean, trying to tie it in spiritually. I was just thinking about... How some of the greenest lawns actually, you know, they tell you if you want your grass to look better, you actually cut it a little bit longer. Yeah. Because the chlorophyll goes up to the top edge of the blade of the grass. When you cut it short, it reveals it's not dead, but that's the nutrients. Uh, you know, that's where the yellow part of the blade of the grass is. I can't. I, I think it adapts to yeah. different types of grass. You can have a real close lawn that looks really beautiful. But it takes a lot of extra right. work on your part. So let me let me put put a bow on this for you. So when it comes to grass, you want your grass to look green and healthy. Um, you know they encourage you cut it longer, but you got to cut it more regularly. Yes. And then as opposed to cutting it really short, and then you can wait longer in between to, between cuts. But I'm thinking about when you're dealing correction. If you wait a long time for things to build up, and then you cut it then really you take short, a lot off. You've just revealed all of that like all of that yellow stuff at the bottom of the grass is now exposed. You're like, Ooh, that looks ugly. That looks like it's been damaged. Right. But when you are subtle, not subtle, that's the wrong word, but when you're consistent with your correction and you're just taking a little off the top, and you're taking a little off the top. I think it's easier for that person to receive it and grow and they will in turn be healthier. Yeah. Sorry. That was a very long. Right. The connection I wanted to make because we're dealing with water and dryness. And sometimes people have a limited ability to encourage. Let's just be honest. Some people are not natural encouragers. I would say I'm more of a natural encourager and nurturer, but a lot of people aren't. So they feel like they have this limited resource of water. We're in Western Colorado. We understand about limited resources of water. And I go, I want to keep my people green. What am I going to do? Well, just know that if you're going to keep chopping on them, you're going to have to give water, them more water. Water, water, Yeah, yeah. So that's one thing. I just wanted to say that about encouragement to start off. But another thing, how do you know if you need to work on the way you sharpen people? Like, I'm a leader. I'm bringing correction. Yeah. How am I going to tell? Well, I can tell if grass, it mm-hmm. needs help with sharpening by looking at the grass. So when I look at the grass, it looks torn. It doesn't look cut. So yeah. are you leaving connections with people where you have in confrontation? People are just torn up. Mm. I've been there. Now, obviously, people have a responsibility on how they receive correction. Yeah. But I can't control the people you that I'm doing. can't control that. I can control my yeah. response to people. So if I'm going away from a lot of situations and people are just torn up and they're not yeah. sharply cut, 
then I know right. I need to work on it. Same thing with grass. If I look at grass and it looks torn, it doesn't look cut. It has a frayed edge. Yeah. Man, people might be leaving frazzled. It's yeah. like completely so frayed. So what you're saying, we'll just in the natural terms, if you have a dull mower blade, it's actually tearing the grass blades when you cut it instead of cutting it. And you can see that with yeah. the frayed edges. Exactly. The same with people. If your correction isn't on point, right? Yes. Um, and precise, you will end up tearing at people's dignity, reputation, emotions, all of that stuff. Yeah. Instead of, you know, cutting off the, the, the piece that needs to be cut off sharp, quick to the point, maybe a little painful, right. but at least it's left a good edge so it can grow. They can yeah, grow. Exactly. Does that okay. make sense? Yes. So let me just give some examples of what starts happening when grass is torn. It's not cut because there are detriments to your lawn and its health when you're tearing the grass you're not cutting it first off is that it is how am i going to say this it can suffer from discoloration yeah the top little edges get brown yeah so let's just be honest the prime reason for most lawns is to look good yeah no. and when it's discolored it's not performing its function so oftentimes we bring correction so whoever we're correcting performs to a greater degree. Grass mm. is performing well when it's looking its best. Yeah. Maybe different things for different situations, but you want ultimate performance. That's why you're bringing correction. You want mm -hmm. people development. Yeah. But if you're not correcting in the right way, the very thing you desire is actually going to become worse off yeah. after your encounter. That's a good point. Secondly, it starts to become susceptible to disease. So oftentimes I know this can happen where if you share something, you might share correction and it might be not in the best way. Then if you leave things open yeah. and frayed, disease from the enemy about what was said, what could have been said, what actually was meant in that whole right. altercation sets in. And then your relationship's worse off because it's susceptible to disease. So just when we cut a blade and it's torn and frayed, it's easier for disease to get into the grass from that tear mm. because you're not cutting the grass, you're tearing it due to your dull blades. I was just thinking about an example, even at my own house, I was pulling out some shrubs um, because voles and stuff were living on the inside. And um, there was a shrub on the side of my house that I pulled and I didn't fill in the hole. And like random weeds and all that stuff started to fill that hole. And it was like a whole nother bush started to grow in there. Even though I had the very thing I I tore out, you know, my goal was to, to, to tear that thing out and leave it clean and nice. But if I didn't, if you don't fill that hole back in with something, mm -hmm. it leaves room for anything and everything to creep back in there. And there was even like a rabbit in there doing something. <laughs> and then there was four rabbits. So you know what that rabbit you know, was and that, doing. <laughs> that's a biblical representation of what Jesus said about demonic possession. He said, if you remove one of the demons and yeah. you don't fill it with something. Right. What's going to happen? There's seven worse demons that are going to come yeah. in and fill that house if you don't fill the house. Right. And then I was even thinking about like how you um, engraft, um, you know, let's say like a tree branch or whatnot. It's got to be a clean cut so you can engraft something else onto that branch. But I think if I was just to rip the branch off and then try to stick something else on there, it would not grow. It, it would be impossible for that thing to grow. It's got to be a smooth cut so you can engraft something good into there. Yeah, that's really a lot good. Of, a lot of examples here. Exactly. This, this is good. And then ultimately, it's less resistant to heat, drought, and pests. So it just, to sum it up, it's in a worse state after you leave than it was before you actually were there. You meant to help, 
but you ended up hurting. Mm. And I got these points from, uh, let me see, let me reference it. <laughs> www.lawnmowerguru.com. Thank you, man. Shout out Lawnmower to you. Guru. Uh, but those are true. And I've experienced them here on the property. And this may be my wisdom of the day. I'm just going to let you know now. I'll probably go back to it. What we're looking at is grass is a representation of people that we are correcting. Our correction is the mower blade. So what I'm seeing mm -hmm. here is the success of my correction is not dependent upon the grass. Right. It's dependent on the dullness or the sharpness of the mower blade. So the best way to deliver correction is to be able to have received correction yourself. Mm -hmm. Before the grass is cut successfully, the mower blade needs yeah. to have been corrected through Ooh. the sharpening process firsthand. My ability to provide the best form of correction is to be able to have received correction that's myself. Good. I think that is a wisdom of the day. That's my wisdom of the day. So just, again, it comes back to, man, people aren't listening to me. People aren't taking my advice. People aren't receiving what I have to share. Have you received correction from the Lord and those right. that are over you? There's a name for those types of people who say you've been really blunt. Ooh, and a blunt blade doesn't provide a cut. No. It provides a tear. Right. And then what, the last thing, again, maybe this will be the shortest podcast that we've had yet too, but I'm okay with that. I don't need to fill 30 minutes. I just want to get something to people. I can tell jokes for the next 10. <laughs> uh, I may have to overrule that decision. <laughs> when I'm mowing and I notice things aren't going well, it's often after I sharpen a blade. It's not just about being sharp. It's about being smooth. It's about being crisp. It's about be getting burrs off. So after you sharpen, a lot of times on the back edge of that blade, you have a burr, something mm -hmm. extra. If you leave that on, it's going to tear your grass. Yep. So uh, sometimes maybe we will have been corrected from someone else and there's just something on the backside. So then we go in contact with somebody else. And really, I'm mad at my wife. But then I let it out on Todd on the maintenance team. You got a what burr. Is he? I have a burr that's affecting yeah. him. I didn't receive correction or something that I needed to deal with with my wife. Mm -hmm. So now I'm letting that out on somebody else and it's tearing him down mm -hmm. when really I should have allowed that to be taken off. Wow. But after you sharpen your mowing blades, you set them on this cone. And this cone tells you if your blade is balanced or not. So how often or not have we given unbalanced correction? correction? You know- 95% of what someone does is great, but there, there's one area and then we just hammer them down on mm -hmm. this one area. It's unbalanced in what right. we're delivering to people. And again, you may go, come on, people just need to receive correction. I agree. People need to receive correction better, but I'm talking about myself as a leader. Uh, I heard one thing. It's like, you know what? A truck may be an awesome truck and it might have everything great. But if the battery's dead, I can't do anything about the truck. I got to address the broken battery. True, but it might be nice to say, hey, that's a great truck there as well. Look at Jesus. Even in the book of Revelation, which is a very strong book, he started off with, this is what you're doing well, but this is what you need to correct. His correction was balanced. Mm -hmm. So we got to have a balanced approach to how we talk to people. Yeah. And when you're not balanced, I think of what the Bible talks about specifically to parents, don't provoke your children to wrath. Mm. Sometimes I think that can be connected to how balanced we are in our approach to people. Mm. Well, I was just thinking about how you, you balance that blade on that cone. And if there's an area that you're addressing, and if you address it too much, now you've taken too much off of one part of the blade. A mower blade has two blades. Okay. They're on opposite sides. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, you address one side of the blade too much. You're sharpening it down. You think that looks good. If you're taking too much off, it's unbalanced. You put it on the mower. What happens is it begins to wobble. Absolutely. And what happens is one pass is cut higher 
than the other pass because of that wobble or that tilt. So now you've got pl- blades of grass at all different heights. And then your your lawn is just looking wonky, right? And I just think about that. If it's unbalanced, you're correcting people in a very inconsistent way. Some people are being cut down. Some people maybe not as much. And yeah. because there's an unbalanced or even a bias in your own heart. Ooh, that's good. Um, because of something that might've happened towards you or a history, like a background of history between you and that person you're correcting. So you correct them more than you probably should have because of that bias. And I was just, sorry, I'm going on a rabbit trail a little bit, but I was also thinking about hockey. And I was talking to you about this the other day. If somebody has a history of being a dirty player, all right, um, when the fine is assessed, their history is taken into account. Right. So if they're like a first-time offender, not so much of a fine. But if they've had a history of it, it's a really big fine. I don't know why that just popped into my head, but you... In hockey, that's a totally different thing. But when dealing with people and correction in your organization, your business, you can't let those underlying factors ruin your consistency with how you deal with people. And I think you bring up a great point about the vibration that is caused from an unbalanced mowing blade. So again, grass are, are the people that we are correcting. Our mowing blade is our ability to correct. But that unbalanced approach... I thought it mostly affects the grass, but what it ultimately affects the most is the mower itself. Yeah. So when we're not balanced in a mower, uh-huh. bolts start to shake yep. loose, uh, engines have to run harder, yep. things start to degrade. So when we don't deal with the unbalances in our own life, it's not just going to affect the people I correct. Ultimately, it's going to affect my health and the way I can relate to the world outside of how I correct, how I deal with my family, how I sleep, all these different areas. If I'm not allowing a balanced approach and the Lord to take care of those birds and different things, it's not only affecting the grass, it's ultimately affecting me yeah. too. I want to bring some clarity to my hockey reference. It didn't didn't make a lot of sense. Let me wrap let me, it up. Let Put me the bring bow it on it. Okay, That's I'll, the second I'll, bow of the day. Thank you. Um, so basically what fans really want, they fans want a biased penalty. So somebody, uh, you know, is on the ice and trips another player and they go into the boards and that player gets hurt. Um, well, they're not, the refs do not take their history into account during that time. So they'll give them hey, a two minute, two minute minor. And the fans are going, that should be a five minute major. He should be ejected. Do you know that dude's history? But it is against the rules of hockey to judge that person assess within their the penalty. confines of the game yes. to apply to it give to a the penalty game. to them based on their history right but what i said earlier is that the league after the game is over will assess a fine according to their history but in that in that moment the refs have to be as unbiased as possible and a lot of people think refs you know try and throw games and whatnot but it doesn't matter what that person's history is the background that they have with that ref they assess it uh, uh according to you know, how it should be played on the ice, yeah. not according to what the fans think. Which Sorry. I think can make a connection I'm in hockey to season something. right now, guys. Yeah. You know, it's the Stanley Cup. Yes, it is. Man, it's been fun. Yeah. Shout out to Pastor Mark, somebody who's had to correct me and help me with correction. So thank you for your patience. But something Pastor Mark told me about his daughters is he made a co- convicted decision not to correct out of anger. Yeah. And I think to a degree, you can apply what the NHL is doing that so often in the instance of a penalty, let's take everything into account and just judge harshly. But it's mm-hmm. actually a bit of a cooling down going, no, we'll assess and directly address what happened, which is this incident. After the fact, after the game, we'll address who you are and what correct character changes need yeah. to take place. It's always good to have a right. little bit of a 
cool down and session. Yeah. So you stay balanced because otherwise you're going to come down harshly and you're going to overcorrect. You're yeah. going to overdo things. And that's a really good advice when it comes to even parenting. So if I were to spank my child in the moment out of anger, then they just associate that pain with wrath and my anger. But when I am able to cool down and then still discipline them later, you can explain it to them in a way that they understand that there is a consequence to the action and it's not correlated to my anger. If that makes sense. Yes, it does. I'm done. We have five minutes left here. All right. What's your jokes. wisdom? <laughs> What's your wisdom of the day, man? Um, I like. Well, it's probably. I think it was your wisdom, but I really liked how you said how my ability to accurately and correctly correct somebody is based upon how I've received correction, and it comes back to if the mower blade is responsible for correcting the grass that mower blade has to be corrected itself and has, it needs to be sharp and balanced without yeah. burrs. Yeah, you got to cut the blade before you cut the grass. If yeah. the blade can't receive cutting, your grass ain't going to be cut. It's going to be torn. And that reminds me of a bunch of other things when it comes to sharpening a blade that we did in we somewhere. Did. What was that one? It was the iron knives sharpening. Out. Yeah, knives, knives out. out, iron sharpening iron. And so I'll just say, this could be maybe my wisdom of the day. Um, when it comes to the sharpening process, um, when you're sharpening like a kitchen knife or something, um, the old school way to do it is using a whetstone. And you usually put water or oil upon that whetstone to eliminate friction and heat. So when you just think about correction and confrontation, a lot of friction and heat tend to happen in that moment between you and that person. And so we know that there's a lot of references to the Holy Spirit being like water and like oil. So the Holy Spirit needs to be involved in your correction process, just like that's put upon the whetstone. It eliminates friction and heat so that blade can get sharpened correctly. So involving the Holy Spirit in your confrontation and correction process is going to help with that friction and that tension between you and that person. Absolutely. That's great. And I said it from the get-go, the success of the cut is not dependent on the grass, but the blades. The best way to deliver correction is to have received it yourself. Yeah. That was my wisdom of the yeah. day. And I think if we keep in mind, especially those of us who don't really like to be corrected, I was thinking about this and it's, it's a pretty deep question and something to think about. Can we have a role to play in how God treats us on the day to day. And it's kind of like you think God's God and he's going to handle it the way God is and God's way is the way. But we see in the Bible, those who show mercy will be it. given mercy. Those who judge yeah. will be judged. So to the degree that I come down on somebody is the way that God's going to relate right. to me possibly. So I think of that in my leadership. Yeah. Would I be able to receive the correction I'm giving? Now, am yeah. I shying away? Am I just going to be passive? Am I going to let... No, there's judgment on those things. I got to do it. But am I being mindful of it? Am right. I considering this? It's, it's going to affect how I receive sowing it, and reaping. Which is very real. It goes beyond our finances. Yeah. goes into every area. Yep. God will not be mocked. Yeah. And you would be a fool if you think you're going to reap a harvest of something you did not plant. Amen to that. And with that wisdom that you just shared, will you pray us out of this yep. podcast? Father God, we thank you uh, for your correction. We know that you love us and we pray that we would be a people who embrace correction because we know that's how we ultimately grow. You prune a tree so that it can grow even bigger than what it was before. And so I thank you that we are people who can receive correction, but we are also people who can give correction in a way that helps grow the person that needs to be corrected. Father God, help us find balance in our lives. Help us be sharp and not blunt and uh, not be biased in our correction, Father God, but help us deal with people with love, compassion, and empathy, because um, the end result is to strengthen relationship, not to burn bridges. And a lot of times, 
we find that happening when we correct. So thank you. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be involved in these processes um, to help uh, alleviate friction and heat. Thank you that you give us wisdom on how to deal with people. Um, we thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. And just remember, stay away from the cyanide in apple <laughs> seeds. Uh, stay safe out there, folks. We'll see you. It's always so stay easy safe to out see. There. We will not see you, but you will hear us next time on the Sewing and Growing Podcast with Jay and Jay. <laughs>